Welcome back to the broadcast, my friend. Thank you so very much for giving me this opportunity to speak to you right now. I was so encouraged recently, I had the opportunity to listen to a short snippet or two of an interview a friend of mine did many years ago with the founder of our ministry, Dr. Paul Levine. It was so amazing to hear him in his own words talk about what God had done for him all the way from his childhood, his teenage years, his young preaching years, and later on in life to know that he was used by God in such a great way and to give hope to this generation. God is still God. God is still good. God can still do great things. Speaking of great things, I want to tell you about a gospel track that we began printing last year, not too long ago, a great gospel track. It's called, It Was a Pleasure to Meet You. A pastor's wife wrote this gospel track. She sent it to me and said, would you mind reading this? If you'd be willing, could you guys print some for me? She, she just wanted them for herself if we thought it was worthwhile and I read it and it struck me. Thought this is a phenomenal premise. This is a it was very well written. And so we took it, we turned it into one of our offerings, one of our free gospel tracks that anyone can order. Here's what it says. The title says it was a pleasure to meet you and it has a very nice front cover. So many of our tracks have I don't know if it's because most of the designers we've used for many years, they have a a very masculine feel. Not always dark and brooding, but a little masculine. But this one has a little bit more uh, neutral tones to it, if that makes sense. Ladies, I think you'd love this one. I'll be honest with you, I think men can use it just as well. I have some in my little tracked wallet right now. But the inside says this, after it was a pleasure to meet you, it says, just a while ago, our paths crossed. For a few brief moments, we exchanged a few pleasantries, and then we went our separate ways. If we had been together a few minutes longer, I would have looked for the opportunity to ask you this question. Do you know for sure that when you die, you will go to heaven? The Bible tells us how a person can know for sure he or she is going to heaven by putting one's faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ And I would like to share with you how you can know from the Word of God. Very simply, in the space of, I don't know, seven to ten sentences, it transitions from, hey, we met just a little while ago. Thank you so much for your kindness. Now let me tell you about the most important question anyone can ask you. Where will you go when you die? So well done. And this is a great one because sometimes you'll be at Walmart, you'll be at the gas station, you'll strike up a conversation. Some of us, we keep our heads down and we, we try not to talk to anyone. But even through that ice, sometimes the personalities can click with someone, right? We connect with someone and we think, you know what? I would love to talk to this person about the Lord, but right now time doesn't allow it. I have an appointment I must get to. This gospel tract would be phenomenal. Now, it's not your all-day, everyday track. Maybe you don't, get, you don't leave it in the restroom at your work. Maybe you don't leave it uh, you know, in the gas pump. Maybe this is one for that personal touch. It was a pleasure to meet you. Where can you get this gospel track? Well, you can get it for free at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. 
www.peruvianfamilyfinancialsystem.org. Go to that website. Now, peruse the website. See what other offerings we have. We have 35, 40 other gospel tracks that you could order for free. You can even get a sample packet, one each of every gospel track we currently produce. But this one right here, it would be worth you ordering. Get 25 of them. See how they go for you. Use them. BibleTracksInc.org. Let's find our place in Esther chapter 4, will you? Esther chapter 4. We gave the lion's share of the context yesterday. Let me remind you very quickly. Mordecai is beside himself. He's mourning. He's sorrowful. Why? Because a hateful man named Haman has procured a decree from the king himself that says all Jews will die. This is bad news. Mordecai, oh, he's a Jew. Who else is a Jew? His cousin, almost a daughter figure to him, a young woman named Esther, who just happens to also be the queen. She has access to the throne. Esther, through an intermediary, one of her chamberlains, one of her servants, comes by this information. She sends her chamberlain to Mordecai and says, why are you sorrowing? Why are you so sad? And Mordecai explains to her in verse number eight of chapter four, also he gave him, meaning Hatak, that he's the intermediary, the copy of the writing of the decree that was given at Shushan to destroy them. So in the capital city there, Shushan, this decree, this proclamation had gone out. And Mordecai gives a copy to show it unto Esther and to declare it unto her and to charge her, to tell her that she should go in unto the king to make supplication unto him and to make request before him for her people. And here's Esther's response. Verse 11, all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court who is not called, there is one law of his to put him or her to death except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the king these 30 days. One month, Mordecai, what makes you think tomorrow will be any different? If I go in there without an official royal summons and he does not, the king does not hold out his scepter to me, My life is forfeit. I will be killed. Mordecai's response in verse 13, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. What he's saying is God's going to take care of his people. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. You and me, Esther, we're going to die. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Here's Esther's response. I left you on just a tiny bit of a cliffhanger yesterday. Would she change her mind? Verse number 15. Then Esther bade them, the the messenger, return Mordecai this answer. Tell Mordecai this, she says. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, And fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day, I also, and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, 
I perish. Think about that for a moment. Do you know anyone in your life who's prone to changing their mind? Now, we jokingly make a stereotype that women are more prone to this than men, but I've known plenty of men that can change their mind just as willy-nilly as any woman can. Here's one truth I'd like for you to glean right now. It is exceedingly rare for someone to change their mind to their own detriment. When people change their mind, normally they are looking for or they are taking advantage of an advantage. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe over the recent holiday season, you saw that last couple pieces of pie, the last pieces of, I don't know, peanut butter pie or apple pie, whatever is your fits your fancy, and you see them there and... You wanted a particular piece, and maybe this goes for the children more. I remember probably, I'll neither confirm nor deny whether I did this as a child, but you see a piece of pie, and you say, I want that piece. And then you see a bigger piece further down the table, and all of a sudden, your mind is changed. You don't want that piece anymore because you want the bigger one, right? Well, that's a silly little childish illustration for the fact that when you and I, when we change our mind, it's very rarely to our hurt, to our own detriment. Normally, it's because we can gain something, right? Well, that's not what Esther did here, was it? She changed her mind to the point that it could result in her death. She was for all intents and purposes, at least in the moment, the near future, she was safe. She was under no risk. But something changed her mind. Something caused her between verse number 11 and verse number 16 to say, you know what? Something must be done and I am the person, a young woman. We don't know her precise age, but it's very likely that she might not have even reached her 20th birthday yet. A young woman, the savior of an entire race of people? We'll see. The question today is, what changed her mind? What caused her to completely perform a 180? And then, we're going to flip that back on us. My friend, what will change your mind. You say, now hold on a moment. What makes you think, oh self-righteous radio host, that I need to change my mind? Well, in a few years of traveling and full-time evangelism and looking at that knucklehead named Micah McCurry in the mirror every morning, the little bit I do know about myself and the many opportunities I've had for ministry in churches across the nation. I think it was about 60 churches I was able to darken the door of and minister in last year. It's taught me just a thing or two. I'm still a young man, still have much to learn. But I've come to the realization that there are many Christian folks, people of the book, those that would claim Christ and Christ alone, that need to have their minds changed. Something's got to give 
Do you really anticipate that our world can progress at the speed and in the diabolical way that it has without judgment being just around the corner? God's people must arise. God's people must wake up. God's people must change their mind about a few things. There's a work to be done. There are people to reach. There's a gospel to give. question is, what's going to change your mind? Tomorrow, we're going to look very practically at what changed Esther's mind. And we're going to identify. We're going to get real with each other. Will it change your mind as well? I want to thank you for listening. Have a great day for His glory. And God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.